We are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing mystory at thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Are you ready for the word today? I said, are you ready for the word today? I'm ready to give it. I'm ready to give it. I'm ramped up and fired up. I've been waiting for about three months to give you this word. You know, uh, throughout the year, um, I think it's very important for us to talk about what our core values are. And if you're new here, I encourage you to check out the podcast. You can find that on our website. I did a whole series called Us. Someone say us. And uh, who we are as Fuel Church. And I broke down the 10 core values of Fuel Church. And so I encourage you to go back and listen to those messages. But um, throughout the year, I like to take some Sundays when we kind of have a gap in our series that we're starting and, and uh, talk about those core values. So today I want to talk about one of our core values that is very dear to the hearts of everyone here at Fuel Church, our leadership, and that is this. We are a judgment-free zone. I want you to say that with me. We are a judgment-free zone. Judgment-free zone. Um, how many of you have ever been to a place that you walked into and you felt unwelcomed? Right? You walked into an environment, you walked into a place, and you just felt like, I don't fit in here. I don't feel welcomed. I wasn't greeted with a smile. I wasn't greeted with kind words. I was greeted with somebody who looked at me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, and in their mind said, you don't belong here, right? I remember going to a restaurant. We were in uh, Manhattan, and me and Joel and then another one of our friends, we had jeans on, flip-flops, and a T-shirt, and uh, the friend we were with, um, he was very wealthy. He had money, so money wasn't no issue, and he's like, let's go to this restaurant, and me and Joel are like, yo, we can't afford that. He goes, I got you, I got you. We're like, oh, praise God. Blessings find us. And uh, we walked up to there, and they, the guy, before we even got into the door, he was outside, and he said, oh, you guys can't come in here. Like, what do you mean? Can't come in here. Oh, you can't come in here with jeans and a t-shirt. You have to have a collared shirt. You have to have khakis or dress pants on, dress shoes on. You can't come in here. Now, it didn't matter that the guy we were with had enough money to buy the meals that were in this restaurant. They weren't letting us in. We were not welcomed. We were not welcomed. Have you ever walked into a store and felt unwelcomed? You ever walked into a high-end store maybe that was out of your budget and walked in there and they just didn't even pay you any attention, right? They're, they're looking at everyone else because they got the right clothes on, but they're look, they ain't even looking at you. They're ignoring you. Have you ever walked into a church and felt unwelcomed? Hmm? Hmm? Have you ever walked into a church and felt unwelcome? We have all felt unwelcomed at some place in time in our lives. Maybe because of the way we were dressed, the way we looked, the color of our skin, or our financial status. We have all felt unwelcome. 
welcomed at times. So when it comes to the church, we want to create an environment and an atmosphere that welcomes all. Someone say welcomes all. And in the church, I'm reminded that we can be all about God. We can all be all about the things of God, but not all about God's lost kids. There's a whole lot of churches meeting today, and they're all about God, and they're all about the songs they're singing, they're all about the message the pastor's preaching, but they're not about all of God's lost kids, right? We, we, we can be all about church, but not all about the people that look and act different than us. Are you with me so far? This is going to get good. I'm excited about this message. So we can be all about the concept of church. I love church. It, it refreshes my soul, and I, I believe it does. I love the worship. It, it, it's great. I love the, the messages. That's great. But then we, we, we can also be unwelcoming towards other people that don't look, act, and who are not at the spiritual level that we are at. But at Fuel Church, we are a judgment-free zone. You know that your attitude about a person or a place can determine everything. You know that your behavior towards someone can either help them or hinder them. You hear me? Your behavior, your attitude. So we, we can do church, whatever you call it, the right way. But if we don't have the right attitude or behavior towards those who are coming through our doors that, that maybe don't have a church background, that maybe are struggling with some things in their life, if, if our attitude and behavior is not right, we will hinder them from receiving what God has for them. And many times in the church, we, we pawn off these attitudes and behaviors with the, the statements like these, well, that's just the way I am, right? Or what you see is what you get, right? We say these kind of words. Well, I like to say to somebody, what we see is not what we want to get because <laughs> your attitude stinks, right? We welcome without judgment. The title of my message today, We Welcome Without Judgment. Say that with me. We welcome without judgment. We welcome without judgment. We welcome without judgment. No matter what you look like, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter who you are, no matter what side of town you were raised on, no matter what you have as far as possessions, no matter your darkest secret, no matter what, this is a place that we welcome you without judgment. The definition of welcome is this, to greet someone in a glad or friendly way, to be nice. Hmm. To greet someone in a glad or friendly way, to be nice. The definition of judgment is this, an opinion, perception, or decision based on a thought. An opinion, perception, or decision based on a thought. Which one do you seem to lean into? The welcome or the judgment? The welcome or the judgment? Are we friendly and are we nice and uh, are, we, are we glad to see people when they come through the doors of our church or are we forming our own perceptions and opinions in our minds? Sometimes we don't even speak them, but in our mind, those perceptions are there. In our mind, we profile people. I, I'm, I'm just talking to us as a church. Is this okay today? 
This is just kind of just a little talk here for us. You say, man, are we struggling with it? No, I really don't think we are. But where we're going, we have to learn that where God is taking us, we have to welcome without judgment all who come through our doors. Actually, I hear the opposite from this church. I hear so many people that come to me, and I'll ask them, well, why, why are you here? Why do you keep coming? Well, the first time I came, I mean, you're the welcome team, the parking team, everybody was just so accepting. Everybody was greeting me. They didn't know who I was. They didn't know who my kids were. They, they took me over to the check-in system. They showed me around. They, they were very just welcoming. And I, we have that environment here, right? But let, let's beef it up, man. Let's beef it up because the harvest, the harvest is coming, right? The harvest looks and acts totally different than what we could ever imagine. And so we got to be ready not to have any perceptions or, or, or judgments towards people that walk through our doors. We welcome without judgment here. We welcome without judgment. We're not better than anybody just because maybe we've been saved for 5, 10, 30 years, right? We're, we're not going to allow, allow our our spiritual, spiritual uh, superiority to, to judge people. Well, we know more than the word than you, and you know, you're struggling right now. Can I just tell you that we've all struggled in life? Can I tell you that when God found you in the mess you were in, you struggled? Can I tell you right now, you struggle? Your struggle may be different than someone across the room, but you struggle with something. Your addiction may be different. It may not be in a pill. It may not be in a needle or, or a bottle. But your addiction may be you struggle in your mind. You're addicted to negative thoughts and fear overtakes you every day of your life. All of us have struggles. So, so, so we're not going to compare mistakes or sins. No, no, no. We're going to welcome all without judgment. How's that today? Are you ready to get into it? Oh, because I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm fired up now. That's the calmest I'm going to be. If I scream and yell, don't take offense. I just get a little excited sometimes. I love God's word. Luke chapter 7, verse 37 through 50. I'm going to read this, this story. It's, it, it's going to be on a few different slides because it's a long story, but it's going to be worth our, our time here. Check this out. When a certain immoral woman, uh-oh, Houston, we got problems, from that city heard that he was eating there, speaking of Jesus. She brought an alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Perfume. She knelt down behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. She kept kissing his feet, putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him, when the Pharisee who had invited Jesus over to this house party, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known what kind of woman is touching him. She's a Sinner, Jesus, um, I've been planning this party for a long time. I know your schedule's kind of busy. You're like, you know, raising the dead and like multiplying fish and loaves and doing some crazy stuff, growing out arms and legs. And I've been on your schedule for like months and I got all my church leaders here. Pharisee was a modern day church leader. I, I got the whole board here and all the team leaders. They're all here, Jesus. The pizza's ordered. The chips are there. The Mountain Dew, it's all ready. Jesus, uh, what's this woman doing? Because I need everyone to know at the party, I need everyone to know 
Excuse me, hey, in the back, hey, stop your conversation. I need everyone to know, put down your pizza, Johnny. Everyone to know here, this woman, she's a sinner. She's a sinner. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts, Simon. He said to the Pharisee, Simon is the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. And Jesus told him the story, a man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one, 50 pieces to the other, but neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both. Canceling their debts, he asked, who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman. Oh, snap, about to get roasted. Look at this woman, Simon, in front of everybody. Look at her. She's kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't even offer me any water to wash the dust off my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss? But from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you this, Simon, her sins, (laughs) yeah, there are many. There's a lot of them, but they have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love, but a person who is forgiven little hmm, shows little love. And Jesus said to the woman, your sins are Forgiven. The men at the table begin to talk among themselves. <laughs> who does this man think he is? Who is this guy thinking he has the power to forgive this prostitute of her sins? Who, who is he? Who is he? Jesus said to the woman, your faith. Someone say faith has saved you. Go in peace. Can I preach this how I want to preach it today? Are you with me? Are you excited? Here's this woman and she shows up and interrupts the party. She shows up and is an inconvenience to the Pharisee, the church leader who planned out the whole party. Jesus was coming to his town, and it was a big deal for Jesus to be at his house. So he's putting on Facebook, yo, Jesus is coming to my house. Hashtag, I'm the man. He's all fired up. The invitations were out. All his buddies are there. All his church peeps are there. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the party, an interruption takes place. An interruption takes place in the middle of the church party. May we allow the interruptions to take place in the middle of the church parties. May we allow people that don't look or act like us interrupt our nice little schedule. But this man was like, no, ain't happening here. Too much time, too much energy. By the way, everyone, at the party, she a sinner. She a sinner. She she do things. (laughs) Yeah, she do things. She a sinner. The Bible calls her a certain immoral 
woman. If she had a Facebook page, it would say complicated. (laughs) She updates her relationship status weekly. That's the kind of woman we're talking about. They made her feel unwelcomed. Jesus said in the middle of the party, the house party, hey, I welcome all who come to me, and I welcome you without judgment. Without judgment. Without judgment. They had an absence of grace. Jesus had an abundance of grace. Hear me, hear me, hear me. They had no mercy. Jesus had much mercy. They had a lack of love, but Jesus exemplified love. Are you hearing me today? And if we're not careful, we could be that religious Pharisee. If we're not careful, that could be us. Hmm? When we become the religious Pharisee, when we have this attitude of judgment, we are never satisfied. We're never satisfied because it's never enough. It's never enough because our spirituality is so much greater than everyone else, and what they do is never enough. You'll never satisfy them. You'll never satisfy the pharisaical attitude of an individual who judges people based on what they look like, what they have on, or what side of town they've been raised on, or what they drive. It's never enough because the Pharisee loves to put down others. It's his pride. It's what he feeds on. It's what he feeds on, a bowl of judgment soup. It's what he loves to eat every morning, a judgment Nutrigrain bar. Let me put down someone else because I'm better than them. I pray more. I know the word more. I've been in church for 30 years, bless God. Church shouldn't be done that way. I had a guy tell me on Facebook, church shouldn't be done the way we're doing it. Okay, that's fine. I looked at his church and I'm like, that's why nobody's getting saved, brother. I didn't say that, but I don't, I don't interact on Facebook with negative stuff. So, But it, it, he, he looked at my stuff and he, he was judging us and saying, you know, church shouldn't be done that way. You don't need all that to, to have church. Okay, that's fine. 608, 10 people get heart to Christ. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I think we're doing okay right now. Huh? But the problem with some people is they're never satisfied. Three statements on welcoming without judgment. Number one, Jesus Christ welcomes all who come to him. Say that with me. Jesus Christ welcomes all who come to him. Jesus even showed up to the very house party of a Pharisee. Now, if you know anything about the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is the account of Jesus' life during his three and a half years of ministry. You'll find very quickly that Jesus was always fighting and feuding with the Pharisees and Sadducees, right? He, he he, He didn't gel with them. He clashed with them. But here Jesus is found accepting the invitation. He despised the Pharisees, but yet he loved them. 
He hated their system and their harsh rules, but yet he welcomed their hospitality. Jesus. This is Jesus. Hey, I'll I'll come to your house party even though next week I'm probably going to be fighting with you because you're calling out my disciples, right? Hey, you can't heal on the Sabbath. Hey, yo, settle down with that fasting thing. You know, all, all these rules and regulations and Jesus just boom, 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 boom. Button heads with them. I don't, I don't like your harsh rules and regulations, but I love you. Huh? But I love you. You know, we don't have to love somebody's lifestyle, but we have to love them. Can, 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 we, can we just clear the air and, and, and say this? We don't have to approve of everybody, but we have to accept everybody. Can you get that in your mind that, that, that God, God, accepts everyone even though he doesn't approve of their lifestyle. He didn't approve of your bad attitude this week. He didn't approve of that lie that you told this week. He didn't approve of the way you treated your husband or wife or your kids, but he accepts you for who you are. We welcome here without judgment. Whoever wants to be here, we welcome him. I love Acts 15, 19. It says this, Paul and and Barnabas uh, come to the church of Antioch and they're setting some things in order because this church started judging people, the Gentiles. And, you know, the Jews had all these rules and regulations of what it meant to be right with God, right? The law. And the Jewish people had to abide that law. And so Paul and and, and Barnabas show up, and Peter was there as well. I love this in Acts chapter 15 because they're disputing whether the Gentiles can come to God without circumcision. And all the men in the church said, we good without it. Okay, okay, okay. You you didn't have your second cup of coffee, but I, I still accept you. I don't approve. But I accept you. And, and so, so they're, they're feuding. They're feuding. And, 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 and this church of Antioch is saying, no, all the Gentiles need to be circumcised. And all the men voted no on that. Okay, you're getting it. You're, you're worth waiting on. And, 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 and so they're having this feud, and they, they have to say, the scripture says in verse 10, uh, chapter 15, why are you question why are you now questioning God's way by burdening the Gentile believers with a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors were able to bear do you hear that do you hear that you you couldn't even you couldn't even carry that yoke you couldn't even abide by that is what they were saying to the Jewish people but yet you want the Gentiles who were the Gentiles they were the outcasts of society they were the unchurched they were those far from God. They were worship pagan gods, right? And so the Jews are having this debate. Well, if, if they're going to come to Jesus as Savior, they got to get circumcised. they got to get it. they got, they got to do it. Verse 11, it says, We believe that all are saved the same way by the special favor of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I love this statement, verse 19. And so we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles to turn to God. Did you hear that? I don't think you heard that. Another translation. We should stop troubling the Gentiles. You know what we should do? We should stop troubling people. And we should stop 
setting up our own system and putting up our hoops for people to jump through to turn to God. And we should say we're all saved the same way. Confession and belief in your heart, the Bible says. That's it. That's the starting line. That's the starting point to have Jesus in your life. That's it. Now, from there, guess what? It's not just, you know, the gospel says, come as you are. It does. It says, come as you are. Amen. It says, come as you are. But that's not suggesting you stay where you are. Because meeting Jesus puts you on a life-changing journey. Meeting Jesus puts you on a life-changing journey. Yeah. A life-changing journey. So, so, so what will... Will life change happen through me criticizing someone in their walk with God? Uh, Putting them down? Uh, Comparison? Will will it come with me getting angry because they messed up again in that same thing? Is that how life change happens? No, no, no. I, I believe life change happens best when we show love, compassion, mercy, grace, and patience with others. Yes, the Bible says come as you are. But it also says don't stay where you are. Don't stay where you are. Serving Christ puts you on this life-changing journey, right? It is not our responsibility to clean up the human heart. It is God's. We love people. We build up people and watch God change their heart. We give them the word of God, right? Because the word of God is true whether we like it or not. There's some scriptures in there I don't like. They rub me the wrong way. Love my neighbor as myself. No, I want to punch them. I want to stab them. They did me wrong. They ripped me off. They talked about me. Huh? No, Facebook. I want to, I want to combat them back. Yeah, just this week, I, I wanted to go off. You know? I, I did. I admit it. But I didn't. Praise God. So there's some scriptures in there that I don't, I don't particularly like. But it doesn't change the word. The word is true. Some people are like, well, I, you know, you talk about tithing. Well, it's, it's the word. I can't change that. It's challenging at times for me too. But you know what? That's the word. I, I, I can't change truth. I can't alter the truth of God's word. It says do not add or take away from the word of God. God's word is true. So, 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 so Jesus Christ welcomes all who come. I'm just reminded that this, what we have in common is greater than what can separate us. From those who don't look and act like us. What we have in common is greater than what can separate us. What we have in common is we all have a disease called sin. And we all can turn to the remedy of that sin, Jesus and his blood. That's what we have in common. Let's have common ground because the ground at the foot of the cross is all level. Oh, yeah, it doesn't say, well, if you were raised with money, you're a little higher to the cross. Well, if you weren't, you're a little lower. If you're of this race, then you're a little lower. If you're of this race, you're another, a little higher. No, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. All are welcome without judgment. This is what we do here at Fuel Church. We welcome all without judgment. Number two, if we are going to welcome without judgment, we have to realize that religious hypocrites offer only selective welcome with judgment. Do you see this? Religious hypocrites only welcome, only offer selective welcome with judgment. 
she knelt down and she began to worship Jesus. We know as we studied out that she took an alabaster box of oil that was worth over a year's wages. This is a prostitute. Do I need to tell you how she gained the oil? No. That was her wages. She had been saving up. She took something that was so dirty, her lifestyle so dirty, so unclean, and she used it to worship Jesus? Sinner! Get her out of here. Jesus said, no, she did what was right. She did what was holy. Because when we bring our mess to the foot of the cross, it becomes holy because of the blood of the cross. And the Bible says that when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And the Bible says, while we're there, that he throws them in the sea of forgetfulness to never remember them. So quit going and fishing for them. And quit allowing others to fish your sins out of the sea of forgetfulness. And welcome all with judgment. Don't offer selective judgment. Don't, don't say, well, if. No, there's no well if. All are welcome here. She's weeping profusely. She feels shameful. She feels dirty because she was until she encountered Jesus. Before you encounter Jesus, you're shameful. You're dirty. But when you encounter the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you become clean. You become pure. You become holy. Not because of your works, but because of your faith in his work. I'm going to podcast this this week. Come on, somebody. Not because of your works, because of his work on the cross. It is finished. It is done. Don't offer selective judgment towards others. We welcome all. We welcome all without judgment at this place. This is just what we do. It's what we do. I'm sorry, the way you were raised, the church that you were in before this, they didn't do that. We do it here. And we'll continue to do it here until the day we leave this earth. We will welcome everybody. We will be nice. We will smile. Yeah. Our teams will smile. They'll embrace you. They'll hug you even if they don't know you. They'll do that here. They'll take you to the restroom. They'll take you to the car. They'll take your kids to get checked. Yeah, we'll do that here. We welcome everybody. It's what we do. It's, it, it, it's what we value, so what we value is the culture we create. Huh? His plans get all messed up. And he says, sinner, his first response should have been, I'm not better than her. But his judgmental response was, she's a sinner. She's a sinner. She said, I'm coming to Jesus. I don't care about your party. I'm broken. I'm a mess. I've been hanging at the wrong corner for too long. And I'm bringing the very thing that is the most valuable to my life, this, this, this jar of oil. And I'm going to worship him because I realize my life is going in the wrong direction. I realize I got issues. She, she said to Jesus this. She said, she said, I got issues. And one of them is how much I need you. 
One of them is how much I need you, Jesus. I, I got issues. I, I got some problems in my life, but I have enough sense to know that I need to worship you, that I need to take the very thing that is valuable to me, and I need to wash your feet with my tears, with my oil. She was broken. She was broken. Church, listen to me. Every person in here is either the Pharisee who thinks that he is better than that woman and doesn't need Jesus, or every person in here is the sinful woman who knows they need forgiveness. Which are you? Which are you? not asking you to say it out loud, but which are you? Are, 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 are you the religious Pharisee who thinks they're better and doesn't really need Jesus? Because the truth is this Pharisee didn't need Jesus. He wanted Jesus for his notoriety. That's what he wanted the party for. It, it wasn't about surrendering his life to Jesus. He wanted to put it on his resume. He wanted to stand up and tell the church, hey, Jesus was in my house for a house party. It was lit. That's all he wanted. That's all he wanted because he was a religious Pharisee. We're either religious Pharisee or we're the sinful woman who says, I need forgiveness of my sins. Hmm? We welcome without judgment. My last point, and I'm out of time. Are we like Jesus, welcoming without judgment all who come to our church? This is a personal question. This is a personal question here. Are we like Jesus? Ask yourself. Welcoming without judgment all who come to our church. Jesus tells her, your sins? <laughs> There's a lot of them. There's many. But your sins? They're forgiven. They're forgiven. If her sins were on a laptop, he hit the delete button. If her sins were written in the sky, he caused the wind to blow the clouds away. If her sins were written on an Etch-A-Sketch, he shook it. <laughs> if her sins were on the sand on the seashore, he sent a big wave to crash and wipe out her record clean. And he tells her, he tells her, your faith, your faith in me to come to this party and break open the very thing that was most valuable to you. Your faith in me to know that you were a mess, that your sins needed forgiven. Your faith in me has made you whole. Go. Go. You're free. You're free because one encounter with Christ changes everything. One encounter with Christ changes everything. One encounter with Christ changes everything. Listen, church. We become the judgmental Pharisee as we forget that we are the sinful woman. We become the judgmental Pharisee as we forget we are the sinful woman. That's very good. Hopefully it's downloading. We become it as we forget <laughs> such as us. If not for the grace, such as us. So we must remember that we welcome all without judgment. To all, no matter your race, your financial status, your struggle, 
We want to let you know that the ground is level at the foot of the cross, that we all need Christ's forgiveness. To the rich, the proud, to the downtrodden, to the poor, you are welcome here without judgment. Wherever you live, whatever you drive, whatever brand of clothes you have on, wherever you work, you are welcome here without judgment. You're welcome here. Because it's the same grace and the same blood that forgives each of us the same. We welcome without judgment. Stand with me today. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball. You've taken some wrong turns. You've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And, and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And, and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer, mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me. Jesus name. It's simple as that. And uh, I encourage you find a good local church. If, if you can get to fuel church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things in the lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God until next time. God bless you. Have a great week.